What do you do, baby? We are live for episode number 98 of the Beer, the Sports, and the Whatever podcast. My name is Michael, the Hebrew Hammer Brown, and I may have a special guest for today's episode. He may be here in about 15 to 20 minutes. Austin, we will get to the absolute breaking news of the hour uh, that Cameron Newton, formerly of the uh, Carolina Panthers, has just signed a one-year contract with the New England Patriots, which I think is an absolutely fascinating deal. But uh, I am Michael the Hebrew Hammer Brown. Unfortunately, Lewis Brown will not be joining uh, the show this evening due to some unforeseen traveling uh, issues. Uh, so it is just me. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to deal with me for this week's episode number 98, Sunday night. A uh, couple of things this week. Episode number 99 will be on Tuesday night. So you get BSW on Sunday and on Tuesday. And then we will have episode number 100 on Friday uh, as scheduled. So we hope that you will take some time on uh, Friday and on Tuesday to be with BSW once again. Uh, this week's beer of the week is truly hard seltzer. It's not technically a beer, but it is an alcoholic beverage, and it is absolutely delicious. So you should 100% check out Truly Hard Seltzer. Like I said, it is just me for this evening on episode number 98. So I look forward to interacting with as many sports fans as we can get a part of the show tonight. So we have Cam Newton going to the New England Patriots to discuss. We have... Uh, NBA to talk about. We have some NFL news. We have today is the anniversary of LeBron James deciding to go to the Miami Heat, the decision. Uh, so we will be talking about that. We'll be talking about college sports and should college sports be a part of our fall schedule? Should college sports be allowed to come back? That was this question submitted by Jason Plotkin. So we will for sure be discussing that. So uh, we hope that you will be joining us for the duration of the show. We will be talking about George Springer as well. Uh, and it's very, uh, it's, in, it's an interesting situation with George Springer. And, you know, is he going to be an Astro beyond this year? Because I certainly would like for him to be an Astro. And I, I think that he will be an Astro. And then there's users like Ryan Davis who just want to say Harden is the GOAT and try and GOAT me into a debate with Ryan definitively on the topic, which I will not do. Uh, we will also be talking about the fact that last week, for the first time uh, in Texas, I had In-N-Out, and I will talk about how In-N-Out is the most garbage, overrated fast food restaurant in the state of Texas, and how Whataburger is better than them in every single aspect, top to bottom. So we will get to the Whataburger versus In-N-Out debate later in the show. So let's get to the breaking news real quick. Cam Newton goes to the New England Patriots. This is interesting. This, this, is, this is interesting in the sense that, I mean, they have Jared Stidham, who they drafted out of the University of Auburn, who I think is going to be the starter there. But this brings the, the Patriots back to, are they going to win the division this year? I don't think so. Honestly, I think it is going to be either the Miami Dolphins, 
honestly, or the, the Buffalo Bills. If I had to place a million-dollar bet on who wins the AFC East this year, it's probably going to be the Buffalo Bills. I will not take the – I will go on record and say that, that Buffalo is better than Miami. I'm just saying the two teams to look out for in the division this year are going to be the Dolphins and the Bills. I don't think the Patriots are good enough. I think they've lost too much off of their roster. And uh, Ryan says in and out sucks. Like, I don't want to get onto a tangent, but in and out we'll get to it. So – Hang tight. We'll get to it in a few minutes. But in and out was straight garbage. So the fact that Cam Newton goes to the Patriots makes their team a little bit more interesting, but not really. Um, also, we have beer, sports, whatever, koozies now. So if you would like a koozie, please let me know, and I will get you a koozie. Ryan says Astros hitters will get beamed by baseballs for the next 60 games. Have fun with that, Austin. Look. Here's the thing, and Austin's going to say this before I before I say it for him. If pitchers want to beam the Astros, go ahead. That's a free base. You want to put our guys on base, that's fine. And after you hit two in a row, which I don't think any team has the nad to do, exactly. See, there it is. Thanks for the free bases. Um, if a team wants to hit two guys in a row, the umpire is just going to tell the other team, y'all, like, quit it. Like, don't – you can't be doing that in the, in the course of a game and expect you to stay in the game. So I don't think that's going to last very long. Uh, but Cam Newton, one-year deal. I think we are the first podcast to go live with breaking news like Cam Newton going to the Patriots of any podcast in the country. So bravo to me for doing the show at this time. Um, so let's get to um, – ever since we did our last show, Major League Baseball has come back and said we are going to play a 60-game season. No thanks to the clown that is the commissioner, Rob Manfred. Uh, the fact is – the this discrepancy between the players and the owners is not over. The fact is, the owners made them an offer, and then the players disagreed to it, and they weren't going to get back to the 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 table, if you will. And baseball stepped in and said, "You're going to play." But there's going to be a work stoppage after this current collective bargaining uh, expires between the the owners and the players. So this is not over by any stretch of the imagination. But people have asked. Are you, and I ask everybody who's watching the show right now, you tell me, are you excited for a 60-game season? Because there's people that will fall on each side of the, the aisle, right? Um, there's people that will say, we don't want baseball unless it's a traditional 162-game season. I think it's different. I think it's, this, this year, this whole coronavirus thing has, has taught us, either you fall on one side of the aisle you know, on a different aisle, are sports essential? I will say yes. Sports are 100% essential for the, the the things that go beyond the field or the court, right? It's not only the sports that are actually played on the field or the court, but it's the jobs that sports creates. Not only inside of a stadium with people selling beer and people selling food, but also parking lot attendants. It's the, the sports bars that literally make their living or make their money on game days. Uh, there's plenty of places here in Houston or any other sports city across the country. There's plenty of examples of sports bars that are purely based on their being sports. So I, I think sports are essential. And I think this 60-game season is going to be extremely fascinating for one reason more than any other. And that's going to be that now every single baseball game matters. Right? You talk about 162 games, 
you know, if you have a player that misses two weeks because of, you know, arm soreness, right? And any other regular season, that's what? Maybe, you know, seven to ten games? But now if, if a player misses two weeks, you know, if George Springer hurts his hamstring and is out for two weeks, right, he's missing 10 to 12 games, that's 20% of the season. So you're going to see all of these different things play out of players that get hurt, and if they miss time, every single game means that much more now. So you look at it from that perspective, and you say, I'm excited. I love the idea of a 60-game season. I actually wouldn't hate. I think 60 is not enough, but I think in the years moving forward, 162 games is way too many games. Uh, Mitchell says, can't go to bars now, though. True. Austin says, White Sox had the best record after 60 games last season. Anything can happen this season if it even happens. That is important to note that I'm excited about the NBA, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Uh, but for all of these leagues, they have plans to play, and hopefully they will play. But that's the fascinating thing about this, right? Our teams, you can't get off to a slow start. All of these teams that I hear, I hear all of these national radio guys, and I, I listen to a lot of these shows so I can give our listeners, you all, a, a fresh perspective, right? I'm a homer. I'll be 100% honest with you. I'm a homer for my sports teams. But I also realize when, if I have an opinion, it's a homer opinion. There are people out there that are saying, well, it's not fair to only have 60 games because the Dodgers always get off to a slow start, so they need a longer season to get ready. Dude, screw that. If, anybody, if this 2020 has proven anything, it's that anything can happen and you have to adjust on the fly. So if the only thing that you're saying the only reason that you're giving to have a 162-game season is because your team gets off to slow starts, then that's weak. Janelle says lack of sports makes Austin cranky. Look, I'll be 100% honest, I'm the same way. I'm in a foul mood if we don't have sports because I think sports is essential. Sports is something that we all gather around that we can all talk about. The fact that we've been able to do beer sports, whatever, over the past three months with most sports is awesome. And it's because of awesome people like you that you give me a platform because you'll actually tune in and listen to what we have to say. And we can have sports banter back and forth. So as baseball season gets closer to, and Mitchell says, let's see which players will not play this season in the MLB. Like some NBA players said, they're not playing. Here's the thing. And Janelle says, I can live without it. I can't. I can function without sports. Everybody's here with no sports, but it's living and being here. Like sports is just so important to so many different people. So you got to think about, we'll get about, we'll get to the baseball preview as the season gets closer. But let's just say this. The Astros are going to be in a really, really good spot because losing Garrett Cole, they have a lack of starting pitching. You have Zach Greinke, you have Justin Verlander, and then you have Lance McCullers who's coming off an injury and some other guys. But a shortened season works out so much better for the Astros because you're giving them a shorter season to play with and you don't need as much pitching. You don't need um, as much of the things that you would need in a 162-game season. It's shortened. The Astros have been there. They've been to the World Series two out of the last three years. They are ready to rock and roll. Um, so let's get to other breaking news that I saw today that I don't know if people are familiar with 
Will Ferrell reveals that Wedding Crashers sequel will happen. I don't know about everybody else, but Wedding Crashers is a fantastic movie. And the fact that they're making a sequel makes my day. So over the next few shows, we're going to talk a lot more about the whatever because honestly, there's not a lot of sports going on right now. So Wedding Crashers 2 definitely happening. So we're really excited about that. Also today, two Dodgers play, Los Angeles Dodgers players among the four suspended for drug policy violations. So I wonder if one Mario Lopez, uh, who was Slater from Saved by the Bell, who loves to go after Astros, the Astros organization and Astros fans via Twitter, if he'll have anything to say about players in his favorite organization, the Los Angeles Dodgers, um, testing positive for uh, drug, po drug policy violations. So that'll be something interesting uh, to keep up with. Also, Kelly would never end up with Slater on Saved by the Bell. It was always going to be with Zach. So that was always one storyline that I always wanted to look uh, over. Um, today it comes out that Jadavion Clowney, formerly of the Houston Texans, indicates that he wouldn't mind playing for the Cowboys or the Saints. I'm sure he wouldn't mind playing for the Cowboys or the Saints. It's a little intriguing why Jadavion Clowney hasn't signed. And it probably is directly linked to the fact that he wants too much money. But he's a guy that, he's a difference maker, right? And there's a lot of teams uh, that would love to have him. And Janelle, I will have to save the date behind me for the next show. So, I would say Jadavion, I would love Jadavion Clowney on the, on the Dolphins. But the fact is, is that he's sitting around. I think he's costing himself money. The more he sits out of not signing with the team, I think he's costing himself money because nobody can work him out right now. No one's going to give him a $100 million deal right now because they can't work him out and they can't physically see him. His best bet, if it's out there, is to take a one-year $15 to $17 million deal, play his, play his butt off this year, and then get a new deal next year, hopefully, when all this COVID stuff is behind us. Uh, but that was news today that Jadavion Clowney wouldn't mind signing with the Dallas Cowboys or the Saints. So let's get to the fact that I had uh, in and out last week, the one in Stafford, because everybody had been talking about it. Everybody, oh, in and outs great. in and outs the best. I had in and out when I was in California, right? Probably the third best burger I've ever had. I had it here, and it was gross. it's grossly overrated. It's a basic burger. It's about a step above what the Chili's burger is. And the fact that there are Texans that will go to social media and say that the In-N-Out is better than Whataburger is blasphemy. It's 100% blasphemy. The animal sauce, I had the animal sauce on the fries. You know, I feel a little weird that I have to order it animal style. So, I mean, that's kind of funky. But I did have In-N-Out for the first time in Texas Second time in Texas. I had the first one in Dallas. The first one in Houston, I should say. And it was okay. I really don't understand. Whoa. Ryan Davis just said, nah, but Whataburger is good. This is a man that literally hated Whataburger for years. So if he's changing his stance, then I'm a thousand percent going in. Whataburger is fantastic, right? You can go there for breakfast. You can get the taquitos. The sausage, egg, and cheese is fantastic. The honey butter chicken biscuit, I would bathe. With that honey butter chicken biscuit, um, I mean, dude, like, 
the double bacon cheeseburger with mustard ketchup, cheese, and pickles only with onion rings, a side of gravy, and a large sweet tea. Their apple pie is delicious. The fact that people say that In-N-Out is better than Whataburger is just flat out wrong and stupid. Um, the other question I want to ask everybody watching the show right now, where is your favorite cheesesteak in the city of Houston? Because I had a Jersey Mike's cheesesteak this week, and it was the best cheesesteak I've ever had in the city of Houston. So I need to know where everybody's favorite cheesesteak spot is. All right. Jason Plotkin asked a question uh, on the post that we created about an hour ago before we came on to the show. And he asked, um, do you think college sports will start on time? Or should they happen at all on college campuses? Here's the thing. I, I don't think so where it stands right now. And it's simply for the fact that I think it would be a modified version of football, right? I don't think there would be as many fans in the stands. I don't think that it would be the true college football atmosphere. So I think it wouldn't hurt anything um, to move it to January. I don't think it would hurt anybody if it simply moved to January. And we'll get to the cheesesteak responses here in a minute. Uh, but I, I mean, I would be apprehensive. You know, honestly, with the way things are going right now, I would be apprehensive about putting 80,000 people in a stadium together. So, you know, there, there's been schools like Iowa State has talked about it, you know, doing a modified, you know, only having like 30,000 people in the stadium. I just don't know if it's the right time to be doing that. There's a difference between college sports coming back as a whole because the, the one difference between college football and the NBA or MLB, is that, is it right, I ask everybody who's watching the show right now, is it right to bring back college football if you're not bringing back your college students? You can't do one without the other. You can't bring back, and Janelle, you're a teacher, and I can't even imagine what teachers are feeling right now, because it'll be, what, July in a couple days, and a lot of students, and I, I put students and teachers together, Students and teachers both don't know what this school year is going to be like. Is there going to be a school year? Is it going to be, you know, electronic only? Is it, you know, they're going to bring the kids back to have to wear masks? I don't know. I, ca I can't even imagine what it would feel like to be a student or a teacher right now. So you look at that at the grassroots and then you get to college and you say, well, how would we be able to bring back college sports if we can't bring back our kids? So if you say that, because I don't think one goes without the other. So you have to look at the fact that, okay, so if we're going to bring back college sports, and they say, hey, we're doing sports, we're doing sports, we're doing sports, well, then how are you going to bring back college kids? You know, because you can say until you're blue in the face, well, we're going to bring the kids back, and we're going to make them socially distanced, and we're going to make everybody do masks. Look, the majority of the people watching this show right now have been a part of a college campus at one point or another, and they realize that, you're not going to keep kids apart. So if you bring them back, you better be ready for an outbreak of the virus if it's still an issue a month from now. If I had to make a, a guess, it's probably going to be an issue a month from now. And we have a, I have a lot of friends that are teachers. Ryan, uh, Janelle, I have multiple friends that are all teachers. I honestly am scared for y'all. Like I, I genuinely have – I'm worried. You know, Janelle says adults can't even do it. That's true. Like you give us a simple 
I've completely flipped my stance. I used to be against the masks where I'd be like, look, if I go out in public, I'm not wearing a mask, right? And then I realized how stupid I was being and how selfish I was being. And for the past month or so, like you go out in public, you wear a mask. It's not that big of a freaking deal, you know? So that's as political as I will get on the show tonight. Um, this, Ryan, get ready. Uh, this is the anniversary today of LeBron James deciding to leave Cleveland and go to the Miami Heat. Everybody called it the decision. Not everybody. I mean, it was called the decision when he went on ESPN and he formally said, I'm leaving Cleveland and I'm going to Miami. Um, I go back and forth on how I feel about the actual decision itself. Uh, it did raise $2 million for the Boys and Girls Club of America. So I thought that was pretty cool. But I do think the fact that he went on national TV on ESPN and basically threw the Cleveland Cavaliers and their fan base completely under the bus, I thought that was pretty weak. I thought it was a move that if he was going to leave for the Heat, he should have just announced it and not just done some big formal decision about it. Um, so now he went to the Miami Heat. He won two titles, which is incredibly impressive. Um, now, he didn't do it by himself. He did it with... Uh, Dwayne Wade, and he did it with Chris Bosh. So it's not like he just went there and he won the titles by himself. He had a lot of help in Miami. Um, now, if you look at Le Le LeBron James as a whole, I would definitely say of his three titles, the most the most impressive title was when he was in Cleveland and he beat the Golden State Warriors. But here's the thing about those Cleveland teams, right? It wasn't just him. He had Kyrie Irving and he had Kevin Love. Two of the top 15 players in the league at the time. So I love how people want to give him all the credit. He had a lot of help. But this is the anniversary of the decision. It's on TV right now. And I, I give him credit for raising the money that he did for the Boys and Girls Club of Houston. But I do think it was incredibly insensitive, I guess might be the best term for it, that he went on national TV. He decided to leave his... Cleveland Cavaliers, he's from Akron, and he, he basically just threw the entire fan base under the bus, and he said, screw you, right? So that's interesting in the news as well. Uh, we also have Mike Tyson is in the news a lot. Uh, Mike Tyson looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, he looks like he could fight, you know, another five or six or seven fights. At this point, he looks to be an incredibly... Uh, I've used the word incredibly tonight. I'm, you know, I'm truly sorry for that. You see what I did there? See what I did there? You like that? Um, so he looks great. I can't wait for his fight because I will definitely watch it. And I do ask everybody who's watching the show right now, or if you watch the show later, let me know what you're watching right now. Because I want to know from everybody, what is everybody doing with no sports on? And now there is some sports. You know, to be fair, there's soccer on, there's NASCAR, there's golf. There's UFC. Is everybody watching those sports or have you moved on to something else? If you have a, a favorite show that you're watching via uh, you know, Hulu or Netflix or, or Amazon Prime, whatever it is, let everybody know so we can all check those out um, as well. And the other thing I want to ask everybody is if there are sporting events in the fall, uh, the uh, Korean baseball, the Samsung Lions, absolutely. Uh, the owner of the Astros came out this week, Jim Crane, and he said, hold on. Jim Crane, owner of the Astros, said he hopes to have fans in the stands uh, this fall. If 
a sporting event this fall was set up where everything was in place, you know, being socially distant, uh, everything that you could want in, in the middle of an international pandemic. If they allowed sports fans in the stands, would you go? You know, if, if you, if Jim, you know, if they had 5,000 tickets available for the Astros and everybody was spread out, would you feel comfortable going to a professional sports stadium at this point? So I want everybody's thoughts on that. Uh, Jersey Shore, by the way, Janelle, phenomenal show. Love Jersey Shore. Um, so would everybody feel comfortable going to a, a sporting event? I want to get everybody's takes on that. Here's, here's also the NBA is coming back. And as the NBA and MLB get closer, we're going to do some, some team-by-team breakdowns later in the month. Let me say this. For anybody that will listen, and I will go on record saying this right now. The Houston Rockets have as good of a chance to win the NBA championship this year as any other team in the league. Uh, Jeremy Brenner and I, we do our show, Harden My Take, uh, for the Dream Shake through SB Nation, so you should all check that out. This NBA bubble is going to be absolutely fascinating for me as a sports fan for a lot of reasons. Number one, I love basketball. So the fact that we get professional basketball back, I think, is an amazing thing for our society. So that's number one. Number two is going to be the players and the coaches and their uh, – see, Ryan saying bye. Look, because I have an – why? Because I have an opinion about the Rockets. Hey, if you disagree with me, let me know why you disagree with me. And you know, Ryan, you are invited on this show any single time, any day – Anytime you tell me we'll do a show together, we'll go back and forth, babe. I'm just saying, anytime, anywhere. Here's the thing. The What was I saying? The players and the coaches, their responses to the social injustice movement that's going through our society right now. There's going to be guys like Greg Popovich, guys like LeBron James. Um, now, LeBron James will have a powerful statement on uh, what's going on right now, but if they ask him about his stance on China, he'll you know, backtrack because that means that it would be impacting his wallet and the amount of money that he makes. So, you know, obviously he wouldn't stand up for the injustice that, that's going on between China and Hong Kong. But LeBron James, great player. Uh, it's going to be great when the Rockets knock him and the Lakers out in the second round. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, but it's going to be seeing the players and the coaches interacting and how they're going to uh, be a part of the movement for change in our country. So that's going to be something to watch. But also... It's going to be, for the first time in all of our lifetimes, it's going to be seeing how good these teams are in a neutral environment. Think about that for a couple seconds. So I'm 29 years old. This is the first time that you're going to be able to see NBA talent playing on a neutral court. Think about that, right? So we always talk about seedings and playoffs, right? You always want the home court advantage because your fans give you the edge. Well, what happens when a team doesn't have that edge? What happens when you're just taking the five guys on your team against the other five guys with a couple coaches, lining them up on a court and saying, let's go to war? And here's why I say the Rockets have as good of a chance as anybody to win the title. When you have James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and Eric Gordon, 
and P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington and Austin Rivers and Ben McLemore, you have enough talent to compete with any team out there. There's no team that is decisively better than the Rockets other than the Bucks and the Clippers. Those are the two teams that I would say are, if I had to put money on a playoff series, best out of seven, I would put money on the Bucks to beat the Rockets and I'd put money on the Clippers to beat the Rockets. But it doesn't mean that the Rockets can't stay on the court with them. You know, the Utah Jazz do not belong on the same court as the Clippers. They're not, they're not as good as the Clippers. The Rockets have enough talent to say we belong on the same court as the best teams in the league. So given those things, I say, hi, Mom, they have as much of a chance to win this thing as anybody else. You look, I'll give you a perfect example, right? You look at the Philadelphia 76ers in the Eastern Conference. They're 21 and 2 at home. They're 10 and 13 or 10 and 23 away from uh, their home court in Philadelphia. There's no more home court advantage. There's no more anything. What has been the one thing that has kept the Rockets away from a championship the last three years? It's the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors aren't there this year, right? The Clippers, as good as they are, they still have a guy in Paul George that has never been to an NBA championship. Okay, he, He's never been a part of a team that's gotten to an NBA championship. Kawhi Leonard, their second best player, did it in the Eastern Conference. Right, He had to leave the Western Conference to make that happen. Every team has flaws. And every team, the Lakers won't have Avery Bradley. Right, And inevitably, there might be somebody on the Rockets that tests positive for COVID-19. And does that take them out of... Uh, take them off of the roster. We don't know. That's what's so fascinating about this. Everybody that's so upset about, well, how could they play sports at a time like this? You have to bring sports back. Sports has to be brought back. Baseball being brought back is great for the world. Basketball being brought back is great for the world as a whole. So it's going to be absolutely fascinating, and I'm sure I'm going to do a show with Ryan as we get closer to the season so we can talk about his thoughts on the relaunch. Look, the Rockets have an incredible eight-game stretch coming out of uh, quarantine, right? You look at their first game against Dallas. They're only a game and a half up on Dallas. Their first game, if they win that game, they go up two and a half games on them in the seating with seven games left. If they lose, they're only up half a game. So you have them. They have the Lakers on the schedule. They have the Milwaukee Bucks on the schedule. They have the Blazers. They have the Sixers. Um, they have the Indiana Pacers. They have a lot of good teams on the schedule. So it's going to be incredibly fascinating to watch the NBA second season come to fruition. Uh, we'll get more into that on Tuesday. Uh, but since we have another show on Tuesday, we are going to wrap the show up now. So we do have other things to talk about. Episode number 99 uh, will be live on Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Central Time, we will obviously promote that, and, and we hope that you tune in. Uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about, so make sure to check out this episode on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, uh, anywhere that podcasts can be listened to. Once again, I thank everybody very much for tuning in tonight. It's always a lot of fun to do the show uh, in front of an audience, but we do it for you to give y'all an open platform to talk about sports, beer, and whatever else is on your mind. Uh, I love each and every one of you. And I hope everybody has an absolutely fantastic week. And we will see you again on Tuesday night for episode number, 
upper, episode number 99 of Beer Sports Whatever. This has been Michael the Hebrew Hammer Brown signing off. See you later.